0: Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Nidja and in this episode I am speaking to Doctors Munish and Bandana Chola and I was so excited to have them on the show. They were recently certified, well finished their exams and were certified as lifestyle medicine physicians over in Texas, in Houston, Texas. And it was so great talking to them about the work that they're doing, spreading this message and about their own transitions to a uh, whole food plant-based diet and and the work, yeah, the work that they're doing to support their community and young people. It just made my day. Now, if you're a first-time listener of this podcast, this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery from chronic diseases such as lupus, type 2 diabetes, multiple sclerosis, heart disease, Crohn's disease... Ulcerative colitis. There are so many episodes on. Well, sixty-six <laughs> episodes on the podcast, and there is only more to come. I will just continue putting out these stories for anyone who needs to hear them, or who needs to, who needs a little hope in their life. So, having doctors come on the show really fills my heart with happiness because it just means that more and more people. Medical practitioners are getting this message, are discovering that this way of eating is the optimal way of eating for for humans and and for optimal health, and and are spreading that in their practice by supporting their patients to a transition to more whole food plant based eating, or by especially with lifestyle medical, medicine practitioners by talking about the other areas um, that help support the prevention of diseases such as mindfulness, sleep, diet, breathing, exercise, all of those types of things. And so I loved speaking to Bandana and her husband, Munish, about this and about, you know, these these are all tools for our tool belts when it comes to disease prevention. Your diet is, they reckon, up to 80% of what we need to do to help us prevent disease. But the other 20% are these, are these factors, you know, these factors such as getting a good night's sleep, meditation, all those things. So yeah, it was lovely chatting to them. And my favourite part of talking to, well, there's plenty, but Dr. Munish and Bandana today were learning a new term that Bandana uses with her patients, which she, which she calls going plant forward rather than plant-based, like plant forward. To me, that takes out, I've talked about it in the episode, but I'll talk about it here. I just love it because a lot of people find the idea of going plant-based or vegan so stressful because it seems like such a lot to lose all at once. But if you just think that you're moving in that direction, moving forward in that direction of adding in more plants, of crowding out dairy, eggs, meat, processed foods, just at at your own pace. Now, obviously you want to the fastest you can do it, the better. But, I mean, just say I'm going plant forward, that's the direction I'm moving in, that's a great step. It takes the pressure off. You don't feel like, you know, you're dropping the ball if you're having a little bit more processed foods or higher fats or or. You know, you've eaten some of the you know foods containing meat, eggs, and dairy along the way. It's just about moving in that direction. Now, the faster you can do it, the better. Great if you're a person who can just go overnight, bang! I'm a whole food, plant based vegan. I don't have any oil. That is fantastic. But if you're someone who struggles and is worried that you'll struggle, maybe call yourself plant forward and. You know, just know that you're going in the right direction. That's a great direction to go in. Just baby steps along the way, as many as you can. You know, have a week dairy free and then keep going. Next week, egg free, or start out with things that you know you can eliminate easily. You know, start out with the foods you. I don't like chicken. We'll just cut out chicken this week. Or I already don't like red meat. We'll just say there's no more red meat coming in the house. I'm not buying any more, and just move forward like that. So, I love that saying i'm going to be using it all the time now. plant forward. it's really, really fantastic, and I think it's a it's a great it's a great step in the right direction, and I think it takes out a lot of the stress and guilt that comes when you're making this transition and you're worried that you're making mistakes if you just say i'm 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 going that's the direction I'm headed in, then everything else is going to be perfect it's going to go perfect for you, and you can relax <laughs> so I love that now. Before we get into, I just, I'm going to start doing this here and I know I have in the last few episodes because it's the best place to do it. So I want to talk about where you can find Dr. Munish and Dr. Bandana in the real world. So you can check them out if you want to follow them, find them at their peacefulplanetfoundation.org for more of their work and what they're up to. And you might find out about their health and wellness retreats that they're going to be running. Or retreat they're running in 2019, which will be fantastic. They run one last year that was fantastic. And also mbplantphysicians.org. Now the MB is phonetic. So it's e-m-b-e-e.plantphysicians.org where they have photos, recipes, blog, all of that great stuff. You can follow them there. And they are going to be they've done a pilot but they're going to be running a 5m program starting 2019 as well with young people focusing on mindful breathing mindful movement mindful stillness mindful eating and mindful reflection and i think this program is such a needed awesome program for young people to 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 give them the tools to tools when they imagine. Sorry, but for me, just imagine. Anyway, I'm telling it here because I think that if you don't tell it to you now, you'll remember. They're going to be talking to you more about it in the podcast, so I don't want to go on too much about it. But mindful, the five M program that will be on their website as well. So if you're in Houston, Texas, then definitely, and you've got kids, send them to this incredible program. I think this is going to set set them up for life. This is this is what all kids need. So so excited about that. So that is that. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, it's coming out twice a week now on Monday or Tuesday, depending where you are, or a Sunday, Monday if you're in the States, and also Thursday, Friday, twice a week, and over at Apple Podcasts and Stitcher app for Android phones. And also you can follow me on the Corinne Ninja Facebook page and on Instagram, Twitter, as well as my group, which I've made it a name that... I can remember, <laughs> so I can talk about it here. So My Facebook group is called Plant-Based and Thriving, and the end symbol is the end, where I post bits and pieces, recipes, ideas, photos, whatever over there. You can ask me questions over there. You can talk to me in that group. That Obviously, you can talk to me in Messenger anytime. But that's the group, Plant-Based and Thriving. Thanks, Deb Plowman, for your name suggestion, and I think Amy... I think Amy says it as well. So thank you both and everyone for your support. And I think that is it. Oh, and if you haven't left a five-star rating and a kind review over at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, it really helps this podcast to – grow. So I talk about that every week and I'm just going to keep talking about it because I really want this podcast to grow so that every single person on the planet can become a whole food plant-based vegan for the animals, for our health, for the future of the planet, for climate change, for all of those incredible things. So this is my passion and I'm just going to bang on about it until everyone leaves me a five-star rating and this podcast has 7 billion subscribers. (laughs) That's how many whole food plant-based people I want to touch 7 billion. All right. Chop, chop, everyone. <laughs> get out there, subscribe, share it, follow it, comment, tag your friends, share it on social media so that I can get 9 billion people listening to this podcast and going whole food plant-based vegan for the animals, for the planet and for their health so that this world is just incredible for the future generations that are going to be inhabiting it, which is what I'm focused on. And for us right now, that would be fantastic. And for the animals. So please share, support, subscribe, comment, do all the things. It makes everything so much better for everyone. (laughs) So that's it. Now onto the episode. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll see you at the end. Hello, and welcome to the show, Munish and Bandana. Hi, Karen, good to be here. Hi Karen. Uh, Thank you for having us. I'm so glad you're here um, with us and I'm so excited to talk to you about your life your work as lifestyle medicine practitioners, and I know that that's only new because you only just finished your your test. Is it a test that you that you undergo? Yeah. So certification, yeah. is that right? I- Exam.
1: Mm-hmm. Our exam was October of 2018, so we are very freshly board-certified lifestyle medicine physician.
0: Ah, congratulations. I'm so excited f- to have more and more people practicing this. So thank you so much for doing this work. It's so exciting. It is. It's very exciting.
1: And very rewarding.
0: Yeah. So can you talk to us about, because obviously you, you, you only just became certified as lifestyle practi- medicine practitioners, what was your careers before that, and 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 what made you want to make this change?
1: Sure, I can go first. Um, so I am an internal medicine physician. Um, I graduated twenty years ago and have been practicing internal medicine for twenty years. Um, so for me, um, what happened was the end of two thousand twelve. The universe just kept sending me vegan and plant based patients. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and that forced me to do my own research and it showed me the, I, I saw the, the benefits that they were noticing in their health. I saw the objective numbers. Um, and yeah, so I, I like to say that you hear about patients eating healthier because their doctor had a talk with them. In my case, the doctor became the doctor became a vegan because my patients had a talk with me.
0: Wow, that is so exciting! Everyone who's listening who wants their daughter, their doctors to make this transition, look, there's hope. Look at Bandana; she she's done it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I tell I tell people you should speak up to your doctors because a lot of them want to be educated. Um, and, you know, just kind of weave it in there somehow, say that you recently became a vegan, and you want to get your B12 checked, or you want to check get your cholesterol checked to see if your numbers are better. Um, and they may not be ready. And they may just ignore that for a while. But if that keeps happening, like it did with me, it will really have to force them to go Google it themselves and try to figure out why plant based diets. And so much evidence is out there, um, so much, there's mounds of research. And it's really sad that we are not taught this in medical school, um, but yeah, but anytime any doctor goes out looking for it, there's so much scientific evidence.
0: Yes. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. And what about you, Munish? So
2: I sort of, you know, I became vegan before I became plant-based. So it's more of an ethical decision, you know, initially, but, you know, every evening my wife and I, you know, like to take a walk after dinner. So she would tell me about, you know, this patient, you know, he went on a plant-based diet and his cholesterol dropped 50 points. Or this patient, I've gotten him off of insulin. He's just on oral medications. Or this patient was on oral medications for diabetes and now is, you know, doesn't have diabetes anymore. So she really inspired me to kind of look into this more. And then you know started reading books like, you know, The China Study by T. Colin Campbell, How Not to Die, Michael, McGre- uh, Michael Greger, and a few others by Furman. And, you know, after you read this stuff, you know, there's just, you know, you can't deny that this is the healthiest way to eat. And we, you know, started making these changes in our own lives. You know, we thought we were eating healthier, but, you know, we were nowhere near a whole food plant-based diet. And even now, we're probably 95% whole food plant-based, certainly not 100%, but we've noticed tremendous improvement in our own health. So you know, this has really inspired us to kind of spread the word and kind of learn more about it. And, And that's the main... I mean, she's an internal medicine physician. I'm a radiologist. So I'm actually going to be transitioning out of radiology and kind of going into lifestyle medicine. So at the moment, I don't have any personal physicians but you know colleagues and other folks at the hospital where I work with so I always kind of you know let them know what I have found and you know most people are receptive so, you know they're still a little bit slow to change but you know it's the word is getting out there and people know more and more about it so you know podcasts like the ones you're doing you know these all make a difference.
0: That is so it's it's so great to hear that more and more medical practitioners are learning about it like yourself and that 's why I was so excited to have you both on the show to to show people that you know it, you know people like myself who have have over the years become a bit reluctant to even go seek out medical <laughs> medical support because it's been so this lifestyle has been so. Um, Not dispute it, dispute it. I've found it difficult talking to medical practitioners about it because every time I say it, they think I'm going to be sick or they tell me that it's unhealthy or they tell me that there's no science behind it. And so after a while, you do become a little bit like, oh, what's the point of going? Because they're just going to squash my (laughs) beliefs about this being a great way of eating. But I, I think
1: it's really important to patiently and lovingly educate our, our fellow physicians. And that's one of the things Monish and I are now hoping to do, not just educate our patients, but educate our colleagues um, as well. And, and, and one of the big ways is the patients themselves um, educating the physicians. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't be shy. I mean, there are doctors out there who may say that initially. Um, but just, just be patient, um, and persistent and when, when they see that you're getting healthier, um, and they still have their cholesterol being high and their BMI is high. Um, it, it's going to eventually cause curiosity. Um, and you know, it's really sad because that disconnect is really there. Um, I think it's Dr. Tim Williams who's, who, uh, points out that most cardiologists in America Die of heart disease, and that should not be the case. They they should know better. But unfortunately, um, right. we need people, all of us, people like you, people like me, and people like your listeners, um, to educate.
0: Yes, the medical so that's, that, and that's what I'm trying. What's, but yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. I think it's it's more and more doctors have come on this show. Doctors like Andrew, Doctor da- Andrew Davies, and Dr. Doc- Dr. So Anthony Hart, Doctor obviously Doctor Coble Esselstyn, which was incredible. We Doctor Michael Clapper coming on soon. We've had Doctor Andrew Pennington, Doctor Mal- Malcolm Mackay, and it's all you, you're all helping to spread this message and and to and to offer the listeners who are patient patients of medical practitioners. I like hope that. Things are tides are changing. This movement is growing, and it is growing at, at the moment in 2018. It's growing so rapidly. I think rapidly. I think it was 600 percent in. Is that right? <laughs> in the UK, I thought it was huge. They've gone from like one two percent, and now down up to like eight percent of the population. Now that's I. This is very. <laughs> that's just my mum brain. Don't remember the exact figures, so please don't like quote that on social media. But I know it was a huge, a huge amount that it's grown across ac- across the globe. But I remember that figure being from the UK and just thinking, wow. Like, I remember when I first heard about this way of eating in two thousand and four, and there was like there was nothing, and you couldn't get vegan food anywhere, and. And now you can get vegan food everywhere. And there's so many people who are adopting a plant, you know, a vegan diet. If the whole food plant based is still niche, (laughs) but it's growing all the
2: time. Right, right. And, you know, just the restaurants that we used to go and maybe they would have one uh, vegan dish. But now more and more places we go to, they have several options. And a lot of them, you know, you tell the wait person that I would like this, you know, without cheese, or I would like this without oil. They don't look at you strangely anymore, because other people are making that same request. And they say, okay, no problem, Uh, we can do that for you. So that sort of response is relatively new in the last few years. You know, 10 years ago, people would just look at you funny if you asked.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And then now I find when restaurants don't cater for me, I... I am absolutely astounded because I'm so used to being catered for. I remember recently we went out for a, like after movie cup of pot of tea with some friends, and I said, "Do you have soy milk?" And they said, "No, we only have regular normal milk." And I was just like blown away <laughs> that they didn't. <laughs> no, really, they happening? didn't have plant based milk. <laughs> I was like, what, "Where am I? Am I in two? Am I in 1997?" <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing ever <laughs> so it's wonderful to hear and so munish you were talking about radiology like how how when you read the china study what did that what did reading those findings like how, what did you think about reading that after you know i've a career as a radiologist Both of you, both of you.
2: (laughs) Okay, so, you know, when you are confronted with science that, you know, you eat a certain way, and it raises your risk of cancer, and you eat a different way, and it doesn't do that. I mean, his arguments, especially about breast cancer, and how that's a multifactorial, you know, disease, that genes only play a minimal role, and he has data to back that up. You know, he has laboratory data. And of course, there's tons of data from the actual, you know, China studies, I should say, the amount of work that they did. And they showed that people who were eating a predominantly plant-based diet, their risk of cancers was so much lower. Where in the cities where they were eating a more Western-style diet, their risk was so much higher. And this has, you know, gone on for multiple years, meticulous data collection. So when you see that evidence, I mean, and you've got to say, okay, if you're a rational person, you know, maybe I shouldn't do what's increasing my risk for cancer. And I'm just, you know, using cancer as one example of what uh, differentiating a whole foods, plant-based diet to a typical omnivorous, you know, heavy meat, dairy, cheese, and processed food diet. So, you know, that caused me to, I mean, I was already uh, eating pretty healthy. Uh, we were already vegan, but we were still eating quite a bit of processed foods. So that was the main thing. You know, once reading these books, we started eating more whole food plant based. It just, you know, just had, you know, and it wasn't just one book Then I read, you know, Dr. Greger's How Not to Die book, then Dr. Esselstyn, Esselstyn, then Furman. And, you know, they all.
1: Neil Barnard.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I haven't read his book, but I mean, Bundana has read several of his books. And, you know, once you kind of start reading this, kind of go down this rabbit hole, you find more and more information. You just can't ignore it. And so that's what sort of convinced me. And, you know, I work at the hospital and there's technologists that work with me and other physicians that work with me. And so many of them have weight issues. They have diabetes, uh, even heart disease. And if anybody is listening, I'll, you know, I keep saying the same thing over and over. And, you know, some of the physicians will come by, you know, in the lunchroom and ask me questions, where some of them just sort of shun me because they know that's what I'm going to talk about. But more and more, I'm getting uh, less physicians who, you know, now they're curious. Now they've read some of the stuff and they actually have questions that, you know, this patient wanted them to, uh, you know, go on a plant-based diet. They have questions for me. So I tell them, okay, that's great. I'm going to put you in touch with my wife, you know, who, who's been doing this. So slowly, the interest is growing, and you know, we've made changes in our own life. It worked great for us, and you know.
1: Well, I have to say, I'm very proud of Manish because he started. Since he doesn't really get to see patients as a radiologist, he started a health and wellness club at his hospital. So now oh. they they have plant based potlucks every month, once a month. So the radiology technicians, other physicians, uh, people from pathology, whoever is interested in the hospital um, will bring a plant-based dish and they'll get together and eat it. And usually he'll educate people um, about some aspect of plant-based nutrition. So,
2: Yeah. And, you know, since I'm enjoying this so much more, I mean, I've enjoyed radiology. It's been a wonderful career and I still enjoy it. But I'm not passionate about radiology the same way as I'm passionate about lifestyle medicine or, you know, this healthy eating pattern that's, you know, kind to the person, to the planet and the animals. That is just uh, – this is what I feel drawn to, and this is why I'm kind of switching over from radiology mm-hmm. to lifestyle medicine.
0: Yes. And so I wanted to talk to you about – so your. Starting You've started or starting a not-for-profit organization, is that?
1: Yeah, we started it last December 2017, so it's been almost a
0: year. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, okay. So basically, um, besides plant-based nutrition, um, we feel like there are other aspects to health and wellness. Um, personally for us, yoga has been a big part of improving our health, physical and mental um, and also meditation has been a big part of that and funny thing that all comes together in lifestyle medicine as well um, So for your listeners who don't know the six Main parts of lifestyle medicine is nutrition, which they do recommend a whole food plant-based diet um, it's exercise um, and there's specific guidelines like at least 150 minutes a week for people who want to maintain their health and then You go up to 300 to 420 minutes a week if you're trying to lose weight. Um, And then stress management is the other big one. And mindfulness activities like yoga and meditation um, definitely have shown to improve um, our health through reducing our stress hormones. Um, And then there is importance of sleep. Um, We recommend seven to nine hours uh, a night. Um, Importance of avoidance of um, tobacco and alcohol use and healthy relationships. So those are the six things. And um, we really feel like all of that is very important and we wanted to spread that to our community. And that's why we started um, a nonprofit called Peaceful Planet Foundation. And we can tell you a little bit more about it.
2: Sure. So, so, you know, our uh, sort of tagline or mission is to, you know, foster peace, health and wellness. And you know, one of the ways we do that is we have sort of an arm from a nonprofit, a blogging website called MB Plant Physicians, where every two weeks we'll publish a blog on, you know, what's so healthy about eating broccoli, or what's the harm in eating animal foods, or what's the benefit of doing yoga, and you know, why is mindfulness so important? So that's sort of one arm of our uh, nonprofit. The other things we do in the nonprofit is, one, we are trying to, and we're just sort of launching this program uh, in beginning of January 2019, where we want to kind of spread this uh, sort of mindfulness in terms of nutrition, in terms of uh, yoga, in terms of meditation. We call it the 5M program. And we want to take this to school-age children so they have access to these tools early in life so they can benefit themselves and their communities, you know, moving forward. So the 5M program that we're trying to get into schools is, one, mindful breathing, which is, you know, like pranayama but at an age-appropriate level, then uh, mindful stillness, which is would be meditation mindful
1: movement after mindful breathing (laughs)
2: she's exactly right so mindful movement which would be be yoga and then you know mindful stillness would be meditation and then mindful eating so we take them healthy whole foods plant-based snacks so kind of bringing that in order to be you know holistic wellness you can't ignore nutrition so introducing them to healthy snacks through healthy habits, and the last part of 5M is mindful reflection, sort of talking about, you know, why are we doing this yoga practice? Why are we eating this certain way? You know, what does it do for us? How is it healthier for us? And, you know, just simple thing as you know, eating uh, a banana more mindfully instead of just, you know, gobbling it down. When we take time to enjoy and savor and be in the present, really enjoy the mindfulness aspect of the you know eating process so just kind of teaching them a little bit about nutrition a little bit about you know eating mindfully moving mindfully breathing mindfully and just you know bringing them aware that all these techniques and tools can help them you know be better in better physical health emotional health better grades you know improved stress management so, I mean, there's tons of studies showing these mindfulness programs in school do amazing benefits to the children, whether it's you look at grades, you look at better peer-to-peer relationships, you look at behavior in the classroom and just overall stress, And you know, all these things help. And a lot of them, they haven't focused on nutrition so much. So we wanted to kind of include that in our mindfulness program. So that gets added on. So that's what we're trying to do. We did a summer pilot program uh, in 2018. In 2019, hopefully, we're kind of getting things lined up that we'll have an after-school program, kind of starting this. So that's what we're most excited about right now.
0: I have two little boys, and that is just so exciting for me to hear that. How old are your How old are your boys, Corinne? Three and seven. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's a wonderful age. Three and seven. And so this program, I know that so many listeners, you know, who have children, it's such – this program sounds like something that I, I can't wait to see it all over the world because I think it's just such a great idea and such an important important program for, for young people, especially as the stresses of life are are changing and growing and technology is changing and access to you know access to to food and information is endless, and I think that having a chance to pause and be still away from screens, away from busyness of life, and 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 to learn how to manage stress and anxieties that come with the fast pace of today's society, I think it's so important. And and I I, I yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the work that you're doing i think that it's so needed and i think boys like my like, like my own children we they do need to learn to to slow down you know and to 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 learn to breathe and be still and i don't think that there's still enough of it. I know it's growing in schools, incorporating things that involve, you know, maybe yoga, meditation, but it's, it's always quite tokenistic, I think. And I think that having something that's more in-depth, a program that's more in-depth that they can really delve into is, is such a wonderful, wonderful gift to your community. So congratulations. I love it.
1: Oh, thank you, Corinne. And you're absolutely right. Even kids are going through so much stress these days. Um, that learning these tools early is, I think, very important. So part of with lifestyle medicine, what we've noticed is, you know, Manisha and I say, I wish we had these tools earlier. I wish we had come across this earlier. And some of my patients have actually even mentioned that, that we wish we were exposed to this, um, you know, stress relief through exercise or yoga or meditation, then we would not have turned to comfort foods or to um, smoking or drugs or alcohol. And so really, we all need tools to deal with stresses that life brings. Um, and so our hope is to to introduce those tools to kids early on so they can use those tools when they're in college and when they're dealing with stresses and not turn to unhealthy um, ways of dealing with stress. Um,
0: I- just to pull on my own um, experience, but in my 20s, when I was very sick with multiple sclerosis, I had no tools. And I think when you're talking about teaching these tools to young people, it, it, is, it is the gift that keeps on giving as far as, you know, I was in my 20s and I was obese, constipated, you know, sick in chronic pain with fibromyalgia. I had multiple sclerosis and regular relapses. And, and when you have no tools, the tool, only tools I had were antidepressant medications and, and comfort foods. So I would eat junk food and, and cigarettes. Sorry, I had cigarettes as well. So I would smoke, I would eat junk food, I and I would take med- antidepressant medication. And I'm not saying anything against taking antidepressants because at the time I I feel like taking them when I took them gave me enough of a break from the symptoms of my depression that I could look into a plant-based diet more and not, and I had a bit more of strength to, to, to do some more research where at the time I was in such a dark place before taking it that my brother was dying. I was grieving all those things. So it was harder to, I was just basically living moment to moment. And I didn't feel like the long-term thinking hadn't, I didn't have the capacity to think about my future or about, educating myself and those things seem too complicated. But why I'm saying that is I only had those tools. And now, in contrast, you know, I know yesterday that my internet was packing it in and I was just having a tough day. <laughs> and I said to my husband, I said, I know I haven't got time for a run, but I'm going for a run because I know I'll be <laughs> a better person. And I went and I was a better person when I got home. Because I just cleared out my head and you know I drank lots of water and yesterday I just ate raw because I just felt Like I just needed everything to be on my side (laughs) because I was having a hard day. Sure. And so now I have more tools, meditation, yoga, all those things. And I think if anyone's listening and they're thinking I'm too sick at the moment to go for a run, any, any of these practices like mindful breathing, just laying there and checking in with yourself, you know, movement, stillness, all those things like they're they're available to anyone and they're free. So it's super important. So I really am grateful to, to learn that. If I had known that, like you say, if most of us had not had these tools when we were kids, oh, my gosh, how life could have been so different.
2: Right. I mean, and, and that's our hope that, you know, uh, hopefully some of the kids will incorporate this into their lives. And, you know, like you say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So not only are they going to improve their lives, they're going to improve the lives of the people that they meet. And then, you know, everything just sort of mushrooms. And you just have hopefully, you know, I know it's sort of a very optimistic view, but, you know, a society that's focused on peace, health and wellness. And, you know, it's a cooperative society. And that's, you know, all of us really want. We want, you know, peace within ourselves, peace in the you know, community that we live in and we want happy and healthy lives and you know it, there's a way to get there
0: I don't think that's too optimistic I think it's nice why not <laughs> why not aim big yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> we
0: deserve it
2: we deserve it
0: <laughs> so that's for next, that's for 2019 yeah you're going to start launching that in 2019 yes yeah so we did get to pilot it
1: over the summer um, and it had a really, really good response. Um, and like Wanish was saying, you know, they spread it to their community. It's funny because the next day, um, we got to be assistant teachers of the yoga teachers. We hired these yoga teachers to do the program. Um, so we got to see it ourselves too. Um, and some of the kids would come tell me that they taught mindful eating to their parents when they got home that they had their parents just close their eyes and just chew their food and just pay attention to chewing and, you know, just really be present. Um, and some of them said they had their parents go buy apples so they could make, like we had made powdered donuts, what we called, um, which is basically apple rings. And then you put like sunflower seed butter on it and then coconut shreds on it. Um, which everybody really loved because the, co- the sunflower seed butter was like the glaze and coconut shred was like the powdered sugar. Um, and just having that sweet, high fat feeling in the mouth is what our body <laughs> often likes, but you can totally make it healthy as well. So, so they had their parents buy the ingredients so they could make it at home for their parents. So it, it does spread through the community when, when you, um, expose people to it.
0: Oh, that's so good! I love it. I love that they went home and made they got their parents to buy those ingredients. It's great.
2: Yeah, and these were rising third graders and fourth graders, so they were like, mm-hmm. and they
1: were low socioeconomic group areas. Yeah, um, yeah. So we hope to
0: do more of that. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. That's coming out in two thousand and nineteen. And as far as your lifestyle medicine work, like how. How do you? How does your practice change? How do you think? How do you think it's going to change? Like obviously, I can get an gist of it just from hearing about the kind of six areas that you're that you're more focused on. But how do you go from being an internal medicine physician, and how how, how do you think your work will change as a lifestyle medicine practitioner?
1: So it's already been changing and in transition the last couple of years um, to where, you know, I was taught to just offer pills and procedures, right? In medical school, that's all we were taught for every disease process. Um, But now for the last several years, I've been at least giving them other options and at least telling them that they have, let's say for high cholesterol, they have the option to get on statins but they also have the option to change their lifestyle and lower their cholesterol that way. And if they're wanting to do that, I would be more than happy to work with them and we can make goals and plans and, and start doing things that way. And I am very good about now and letting them know the side effects of medications, which actually, again, we were not taught in med school to really focus on telling patients the side effects of medications. So now I let them know, you know, statins, will, um, have a, a, they may affect your muscles. They may affect your liver. Um, there is, um, there is evidence showing that increases your risk for diabetes. And now new evidence is showing that it, um, also increases your risk for dementia. Um, so uh, they need to know those things. So, so I've been doing goals and plans for all six parts of lifestyle medicine stuff with, with most patients who are willing, um, Eventually, when he transitions out of radiology, we hope to have a a bigger place where we open a true lifestyle medicine clinic with maybe even a yoga studio in it. We're not sure.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so we're still kind of planning space. And we want to do like these, you know, jump starts Mm -hmm. for people who want to do it and they see the value in it, but they just can't do it themselves. They, you know, they need a little bit of help. So we want to do some, you know, 21-day kickstarts, you know, some uh, sessions where we do something like a CHIP program, where we show them, you know, what to eat, we give them nutrition lectures, then we... Maybe uh,
1: weekend immersion programs.
2: Right, right. So that's, you know, kind of moving forward as I transition away from radiology and move more into this, So we're going to incorporate more of those programs and really kind of, I mean, she's already doing a lot of lifestyle medicine, which... Whichever patient will listen, but now I think with adding these other programs, we'll we can get a lot more people, you know, joining a lot more people interested because you know a lot of people want to do this, mm. but in their current life and their current busy, you know, rat race, they just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to cook this way. Mm. They don't know quite how to do the transition so that's going to be our next step that how do we make this easy for them how do we make it palatable for them you know by showing them how to cook collaborating with other health coaches and uh
1: life instructors yeah we know a few locally now yeah a lot of my patients you know do say i get the why i know doc why i need to do this is the how that i need help with Um, so that's that's where we're that's at. our
2: next step to make yeah. the uh, how easier for them. So that that's really what we're going to do in the next, you know, year or two.
0: Yes, I think that that it's something that you take for granted after a while the how because I've been doing this for a long time, and so I think it's something that you are just like what you don't know how to make almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, but, but but it is something that my my, my mom and people you know, in you know especially. That, that the generation older than than me uh, and my generation as well it's something that we just are so conditioned to live and eat a certain way that you know it boggles people's minds to think oh gosh you know soaking some nuts and then blending them and straining it to make to make milk seems just I like a lot. And as far as learning new ingredients like quinoa or kale and how to cook them and, you know, all those types of things can, can be a lot. So having people like yourself, supporting people like myself, supporting people to say, this is how you prepare it. This is how you use it. These are the ways that you can do it so that it's, you know, bulk done on the Sunday before the working week starts and you've got everything ready, and making it as easy as possible. Um, And not overly complicated. I think that sometimes people look at a recipe themselves and it's got 50 ingredients and they're all really hard to source and they're hard to seek and you only use them once because – and they cost a lot of money. So there's lots of – I think for a lot of people when you're first starting out – the simpler, the better. Which is why Andrew Taylor. Hi, Andrew, if you're listening, his work I like because it's just like here's some spuds. <laughs> I'm not saying that yeah. no. <laughs> okay. at the start. <laughs> yeah. It's just good to say just have some starches and some vegetables mm-hmm. and don't don't overcomplicate it. You don't need to have you know chia seeds at the very start and cacao, raw cacao powder and all these you know fancier ingredients just start with some flax seeds which are easy you can find them in most places or linseeds in america i think you call them and 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 just a just potatoes and vegetables <laughs> and don't make it right, too difficult right, yeah i i tell them to keep it simple and if it just has
1: to be like brown rice and beans or just potatoes and bananas for a while that's okay that's okay to just eat simple foods over and over again yeah
0: Yeah, I I think that all of us want to, I think, um, I don't know who said it, but they were talking about that we only really, maybe Chef AJ, I'm not sure, but we only tend to make about five meals, five to ten meals that we make over and over again, even when we are omnivorous and we're eating meat and eggs and dairy and those kinds of things. And so rather than thinking you need this huge catalogue of complicated vegan recipes in your in your database, <laughs> just just saying, you know, just have it five to ten. If you go on the internet and you find five to ten things that you know that you'll probably like and just make them over and over again until you're master at those ones and add more in down the track.
2: Right, right. No, that's exactly right. And just to, you know, when we were eating more sort of a typical diet, you know, we were eating sort of a restrictive five to ten different types of foods. But now with whole food, plant-based diet, our, you know, the amount and the variety of foods that we're eating has increased tremendously. So it's, you know, the other way people think that we're being, you know, we're depriving ourselves by not eating these foods. I mean, we feel like we're eating much more abundantly now
0: than ever before what were the struggles at the start if there were any for both of you when making the switch over to vegan and and then to plant-based whole food plant-based
1: so um we are both of indian origin and um taking meat out doesn't bother anybody but when you say you're going to take the dairy out of your diet that was really hard on on our parents. I think because <laughs> they said, "Oh no, you're not. How are you not going to have dairy? How are you? You're not going to have yogurt. You're not going to have not going to have ghee." <laughs> 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 yeah, but um, you know. You just, again, be very patient and very loving and just let people know that this is what you want to do and this is what you feel like is right for you at this time, whether for ethical reasons or health reasons or whatever your reasons are. Um, And slowly, they will come around. Even if they don't follow you, they will definitely be proud of you. So my parents haven't followed us yet. They've kind of been mostly vegan at home now, but they're definitely very proud of us. And uh, my mother-in-law actually turned vegan at
0: 83. <gasps> There's hope for everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah great.
2: And I just want to chime in. You know, she is a very healthy person, has always eaten healthy, exercised, done yoga. And she was still taking a small dose of Lipitor because her mm-hmm. cholesterol was high. Mm-hmm. And this is when she was on, you know, just, you know, small amount of dairy and mostly lots of fruits and vegetables. So just taking the dairy out of her diet, you know, within six months, her cholesterol was better off of medication than it was with medication. So, you know, these things make a difference. And, you know, we've seen it in our own parents or, or, or my parents.
1: Right. So I've known her for 20 years because I've been married to her son for 20 years. And she had been on Lipitor since before I I knew her. So over 20 years, she was on on cholesterol medication, and now she's off of it. um And, and now she realizes that it was causing her muscle aches and pains. And now that she's off of it, she feels way better. She was even using a walker quite a bit. And now she doesn't use
0: her walker at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. That's great. And so when you went making the switch from whole food to from vegan to whole food plant based, how I know you said you're ninety-five percent, which is which is still amazing. <laughs> how did you find making that transition?
2: That was a little bit harder because one of the things that, you know, even though we didn't use a lot of ghee even back then, we did use a lot of oil. And that was, you know, a little bit of getting used to. And, but you know, it's like anything else. Your taste buds are trainable. So it took, you know, a few weeks, maybe several weeks. But now, every once in a while, when we go to someone else's home and, you know, they're cooking lentils or, you know, kidney beans or some, you know, Indian dish and they use oil, it's, You know, sometimes it's even repulsive, the (laughs) amount of oil that they use.
1: It's like, oh, why do you need to mask the taste of the vegetables with oil? They taste so much better if you can taste the real thing. And so now I've learned to cook Indian food without oil, with zero oil. And it comes out delicious.
2: And, you know, that's just not just me and my wife talking. We have two teenage sons who are very picky about what they eat. And, you know, their transition was longer than ours. (laughs) But even now, you know, but now they enjoy Indian food the way Bandana cooks it with no oil. So teenagers can, you know, enjoy it. like this food you know you can do it too
0: (laughs) yes oil oil i think is i think obviously the switch to vegan so unless you're if you're not vegan i mean and you're listening switch to plant-based or vegan and getting rid of the dairy is often hugely difficult for a lot of people because of the addictive nature of dairy and just a multitude of reasons i think that oil going that next step to oil my husband found that so difficult but now like you say when we taste oil and we go out to eat at someone's house and they cook with oil or a restaurant we both just feel heavy gross sluggish It coats mm-hmm. your tongue yeah. mm-hmm. it just doesn't you just don't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> right exactly yeah so if you're listening and it's still your your difficult thing just keep going just have it less and less cook with less keep going what I used to
1: do was like I would put it in a small glass bottle that had a spray, um, so that way I would just spray like three, four, five sprays. By that time, I feel like oh my gosh, I've done five sprays, but it's very little oil still compared to if you just pour it. So pouring it, you end up doing a lot more than you realize or even would want to.
0: Absolutely, that's a great idea. So you have a little glass spray, a little spray bottle, and pour, pour it in there. If you're if you're trying to limit it. Do it like that and just give yourself less all the time, less sprays, less until you have none. And it's just slow. Just don't panic that you have to do it all at once. Like Bandana and Munish, just 95%. That's really great. You know, that's fantastic. You know, you just want to do it at your pace, but obviously keep going and keep trying to do it as best you can. Don't give up because you had oil one meal or you had oil every meal of the week. Just have less slowly over time if that's what works for you or if someone who can just cut it out all at once, great. But if you can't and, you and you've got family and teenagers and you want to you wanna do it for the long term, and then transition slowly and just do it at your family's pace.
2: Exactly. I mean, that's wonderful advice. And you know, this all or none thinking I have to do it all the way. I mean, that just gets into trouble. So if you mess up a meal, not a big deal. As long as you're moving in the right direction. It's not a big deal. And like you say, everybody does it at their own pace. And that's perfectly fine.
1: And there's a new term for that now that that we really like it's called plant forward. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's somebody who is moving in that direction in their own pace, and they're decreasing processed foods and decreasing animal foods and increasing plant foods in their diet. And so some of my patients really like that word. They're like, okay, doc, I can't be plant-based, but I can be plant-forward. I'm going to go tell my family I'm plant-forward now.
0: <laughs> I think that is fabulous because it takes the pressure off and I think especially mm-hmm. in the online communities you can go into it well you know vegan communities can be <laughs> can be intense um and plant-based and when you say I'm plant-based or I'm vegan and you say but I also have this or I sometimes I have oil or I have eggs still from my backyard hands and it becomes this you know an, can can become an angry online an online place but if you say I'm plant forward it just says you know my I have the best intentions. so I love that the best intentions I'm really trying I'm Mm -hmm. trying to learn I'm trying to educate myself and I'm trying to have a more peaceful impact on the animals and on the planet, and I think that that's actually a really, really beautiful. I'm, I'm going to call myself that, even though I'm vegan. <laughs> I, <like laughs> it. I think it's great.
1: Even vegans can be plant forward, right? Yeah, because I'm a vegan, they can plant be forward, on vegan. Decreasing the processed foods in their diet now. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I think it's fantastic. I'm, I'm going to be using it all the time. I'm going to. I just wrote down a friend who I know wants to trying to go vegetarian with her son and she's a busy working woman and I thought Plant Forward would really suit, She she's very passionate about climate change and she's studying that at university and so she's aware of the impact of animal agriculture but you know she's been, you know her husband and her have been omnivores forever like everybody else and it's such a big shift to shift your children's eating and your family when you're working full-time so I think Plant Forward's great for her. <laughs> This is her intention, and if that's your intention, that's just it. Makes it takes the pressure off you to be to be perfect because we're not perfect, most of us. Exactly. Oh, that's great! I love it. And so, did you feel any results yourself? You said you were already fairly healthy, but did you notice any health results yourself when you were making the switch?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I I personally uh, was very much uh, growing up, um, no physical activity, very much a math and science nerd um, didn't really do, I mean, PE was the one class I would worry about that I would not get an A in. (laughs) (laughs) This is how, you know, sedentary I was. And, and now I've, I started doing 5Ks and then 10Ks and I've done half a marathon. I've done a sprint triathlon and I've done two day Houston bike ride with my teenage boys and my husband. And, Uh, So now at 45, I feel better than I did at 25.
0: I love it. That's so good.
2: (laughs) I love it. Same thing, you know, I just have more energy than I've ever had before. I mean, this morning, you know, we woke up at 5 o'clock to go to a 5.30 – High intensity interval training class. Mm-hmm. And we would not have done this oh, five no, years ago.
1: Not at all. <laughs> so,
2: you know, this healthy lifestyle, eating better, exercising more just gives you more energy and you
0: can
1: have
2: more time and more fun and do the things that you want to do.
0: Absolutely. You've got me excited because my babies are too little for us to leave the house to exercise together. So we have to mm-hmm. exercise separately. But look, I'm looking into the future now, thinking about us two doing oh, interval absolutely. training together.
1: A family that exercises together sticks together. We (laughs) do
0: hikes, but I mean the early morning ones before school, we leave the kids, we leave, you know, one of us goes for the hike. And I think that before school, it would be really fun to be able to exercise. So we do after school family runs and bushwalks and hikes and things like that and bike rides. But I'd like the idea of smashing a workout with Rungie at like 5.30 in the morning. It'd be so good. When
1: they get a little bit older, they're, they're going to help. My, my boys, I have two boys too. Mm. Um, they they're the ones who actually trained me for the sprint triathlon.
0: So see, that's so exciting. What what does a sprint triathlon entail? Um, so it's it's a short
1: triathlon. So basically, um, it's um, first you do how many a meter swim three hundred meter maybe 300. just three hundred meter swim and then a ten k bike ride and then um. 5k run yeah and you have to do it within a certain amount of time and that's why it's a sprint triathlon
0: okay so I was thinking I I always think about sprinting as running fast I was thinking how does the rest of it work but this makes sense
1: yeah I think you have to get the swim done in 12 minutes you have to get the bike done in certain amount of time and get the run done in a certain amount of time
0: this is very exciting. I'm. I, I, I. could. I think I could cope with a sprint triathlon. <laughs> you could. Yeah. You should. Yeah,
1: that's the easiest. The first one, and then I guess it goes to uh, Olympic triathlon, and then half Ironman, and then Ironman. But the first step is sprint triathlon. So
0: oh, wow. you should look into it. I will. Now, if everyone who's listening hasn't listened to Adam Guthrie's episode number one of this podcast, he went on after a heart, his heart attack to do, become an I, do an Iron Man challenge. And Mark Craig, who's Dr. Mark Craig from New Zealand, he does incredible, you know, huge, I can't even huge like tri- triathlons and bike rides in like volcanoes and everything and and oh this is all after going whole food plant based. So it's just incredible the energy. It often feels like too much for me. Honestly, I feel like I have too much
2: <laughs> that's amazing, and you have small children. <laughs> I know, right? I was
1: so overwhelmed when I had kids, but your kids' age, so that's wonderful. Oh no, I'm still
0: overwhelmed. <laughs> just, I'm still overwhelmed, but I, ha- I have energy. But yeah, the kid energy is the kid overwhelms different to the. It's a different type of. It's like two different types of fatigue. I think if I had not been plant based, it would be so much harder to manage having kids as well like I take my hat off to anyone who's eating the way I used to eat and and got two small children because it's it's exhausting it's really exhausting yeah mm-hmm. yeah yes they're endless The endless questions and the endless unreasonable <laughs> <laughs> illogical things demands that they make <laughs> yeah I love that I'm so excited for your family because it's just I was talking to my mum this morning and she's a big gardener and she's not whole food plant based and she was talking about the meal that they had last night and I was well I was giving her a less a less loving lecture about it because it was (laughs) it was not whole food plant based by any means or vegan and I was talking to her about it and she was saying about her ailments and how tired she is and how her body's aching and I was saying you know, Esther Loveridge, which is I guess a guest on the show now, Esther, I think you might be episode Fifty four. But if have a look back for Esther's story, she's incredible. But um yeah, she was seventy-five. She needed both knees replaced and she was, you know, been overweight her whole life. My mum's only sixty six. I said, come on. Esther was ten years older than you and she is smashing it now. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't need her knees replaced and she's back to her after all her whole life she's back to like less than her wedding weight wow you know she's been married for years and years and years and she's looking so fantastic and just she is just a powerhouse spreading this message of plant-based health because she'd spent all you know 75 years so unwell Mm. yeah so like like your mother at 83 it's never too late you know my mom's saying oh it's too late and I'm just like mom come on it's not too late episode 54 so she was 73 when she needed her both her knees replaced and she didn't get them replaced changed her diet and now she's her knees are fine
2: wow that's amazing that's wonderful
0: it's wonderful so yeah just never just just never give up it's never too late you know 45 feeling better than you did at 25 that's just you know i can't i can't wait for aging it seems good now that i'm not in a broken (laughs) body (laughs) Yeah. okay my last kind of question would be well two questions one would be talking about where people can find you online and where they can find you to work with you in the future or to find out where you'll be running this, what towns and cities will you be running this 5M program in and, yeah, where they can find your social social media and online. And, yeah, just, and, and then also just telling us your three biggest tips for people that are listening who are wanting to make a transition to this lifestyle in the future. Okay, sure. So our nonprofit is called Peaceful Planet Foundation. And the Facebook
2: page is that, you know, same name, Peaceful Planet Foundation. And the website is peacefulpf.org. And that has information on our 5M program, other programs that we're doing that, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about. And then our blogging website is called MB.
0: Do you want to talk about them now? I don't want to cut you off. If you want to talk about them now, please talk about them. Mainly, one big thing we did. Um, one big thing we did this year was like a um,
1: health and wellness retreat, yeah. to where um, people got yoga classes and meditation classes and nutrition les- lessons, and got a really nice whole food plant based lunch. Um, um, yeah, and it was a suggested donation of like ten dollars. Right. Um. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was no. just to expose community to to these um tools. So this was more for adults.
2: Yeah. I love okay. it.
0: That's great. So you're running more of them next year?
2: Yes, we're going to do another one next year, and we hope to make it a yearly event, and we hope to add other things. Uh, but to kind of get back to your question, the our blogging website is called MB Planned Physician, so it's spelled sort of phonetically E M. Uh, B-E-E, Plant Physicians, and that's where we have our blogs, where we educate people on, you know, benefits of plants. We have uh,
0: recipes and videos now too.
2: Yes, we've added that also.
0: M-B Plant Physicians. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: so E-M-B-E-E, Plant Physicians.org. And...
0: Uh, and we have Instagram
1: too now that we don't really know how to use. It for old people learning this new technology, so.
0: I, I I'm I'm much the same. <laughs> and so, what's your Instagram called? I think
2: it's mb Yeah. Okay. And so, but you know,
0: Facebook and
2: website is probably you know most yeah. of the information is there. Facebook page and website. That's peaceful
0: plant. Planet Foundation planet, planet. planet.
2: Mm-hmm. peaceful
0: planet peaceful planet foundation and that is org or yes right and
1: I am on Facebook uh, he's not um, yeah that's how you contacted me yeah that's really and in terms of where we're going to be doing the program so far we are limited to Houston Texas where we live
2: We want to kind of you know get a few uh, schools started here really kind of have it take root but this would be wonderful if we could, you know, get it to other cities and really, you know, grow this program because it's really, we feel, has a lot of potential.
0: Yes. And I, I went to Houston in 19 – no, the year 2000. And so it's really exciting to me to hear that you're out there in in Houston. I think there's a lot of people that are now plant-based in Houston. But, but when I went, I just remember looking at the food and thinking, oh, my – Gosh, because we went, yeah, <laughs> we we went to the pu- the local pub. Do you call them pubs over there? We call them pubs here. Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. We went to the local pub during the day at two o'clock, and we just ordered three little snacks. One was mushrooms, one was chips, and one was. And here you just get three little bowls, like little, like hat like the size of your hand (laughs) bowls of food and we thought we'll just try these things stuffed mushroom stuff we went vegan then it was a cheese mushroom and I think the fries were cheese their only option was like cheese fries and some other Mm -hmm. things and they came out in full-size baking dishes yeah yeah no
1: we have a real problem
0: with portion control oh my gosh they were massive everything is Texas-sized here. Yes. yes. <laughs> Holy cow! I it was my brother and I were absolutely astounded. I was just so blown away by this, um, this this mushroom baking tray covered in melted cheese and this mush this tray of chips in a baking tray covered in cheese and for two people <laughs> and that was just like a yeah, little snack right. serving. It wasn't a meal. That was the entree serving.
1: That
0: was the appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so it's so great to hear that you're out there talking about plants without <laughs> lashings and lashings of cheese on top. I know, I know. It's huge. I don't know how there's not more people obese in, in Texas and Houston. Like, I wasn't like I saw every single person that looked.
1: But they are a lot more yes. in 2018 than 2000. It, it just keeps going up exponentially.
2: Yeah. And, you know, this this is an epidemic in Houston and Texas and all over U.S., all over the Western world. When we're eating these high meat, heavily processed diets. And I mean, it's a wonder, you know, when you hear somebody like Doug Lyle, they said, you know, you don't expect people to be normal weight if you're eating this kind of food that we're not designed to eat. But, you know, fortunately, there's a little more awareness. There's a little more of a plant based community in Houston. So slowly but surely, you know, we're we're all making a little bit more progress.
0: Yes, I think it's it, it's one thing that I you know you don't think about it very often when you think about bigs like you're talking about the China study the China study earlier and you and that the community the rural communities where they're eating more you know whole food plant based diets when when they transition to the city that that their cancer risks. Increase as they consume diets higher in saturated fats, animal pro, you know animal foods mm-hmm. and processed foods, and and. I guess I hadn't I hadn't thought about it as much until recently when a friend of mine was saying cuz he's he's Maori and he was saying hi Dylan if you're listening and he was saying you know Maori men don't have high life expectancies and I and I kind of knew as I know our indigenous people in Australia don't have high life expectancies either and the same in with Native Amer- Americans as well. And, and I know the ok- Okinawans, once they changed their diet to incorporate more, a diet mm-hmm. higher and that their life expectancies went from being, you know, the huge amount of octogenarians to to, to be taking on more of our chronic diseases that we have across the world. And, you know, you don't really you kind of hear those, that that's the, the case without thinking about what the, what the, switch has been like why that is and like he was saying they used to live maoris used to be strong they used to live really long lives they live mostly off you know plant foods and seafood that kind of thing and and now they're eating this heavy western sedentary lifestyle you know eating these higher fat diets and the results the results speak for themselves you know their life expectancies now are, are worse than than ours you know that worse than any anyone's and so it's just yeah. it's just so important that messages like yours and the work that you're doing is out there helping helping all of these people who you who were living this beautiful diet eating whole foods and the, the foods that our bodies are designed to eat and then they've made this switch to this in quotation in inverted commas you know wealthier you know rich person's diet which is high in rich food high in it's more expensive it's it's worse for us it's you know this diet that we all thought was great to move more to eat more meat like the royals used to eat and all these things that we associated with wealth and that that wealth is taking away our health. (laughs) Yeah
1: absolutely and you're right it's we know from the research of um, like blue zones that you're talking about, Okinawa, Japan, when people move away and they start eating a different way and start having a different lifestyle, um, their diseases change. So what that's really shown us is it's more, it's not so much our genes, it's our lifestyle that, um, dictates our health. So it's not the genes that you inherit, it's the recipes that you inherit, um, that's making you have the same diseases as your family members. Um. So yeah. Um. So I'm gonna use this time to go into my tips. I'm gonna please. Use please. Lifestyle, do it. Do it. Lifestyle medicine again. Um. So the three things that um I want people to focus on is nutrition, exercise, and stress management. So I'm actually gonna use some terms that um Darren Morton. I think he's the Australian psychologist. Uses oh wow um, in terms of yeah. You should look him up. Yeah. What's um, his surname? Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. I just read an article in American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine by him where he talks about lifestyle medicine and positive psychology for mental and emotional well-being. And he says, food feeds mood. Um, Motion creates emotion. Rest to feel best. Um, blue and green should often be seen (laughs) and giving, giving is giving is living. Hmm. And then he goes into the research shows about how, you know, eating more fruits and vegetables, people's mood improves and how exercise works better than antidepressants, uh, for a lot of studies, um, how rest is important, not just sleep, but also rest for your mind, which is what meditation and mindfulness activity provides. And then, of course, time in nature is very healing and then doing community service and and stuff to help others, other people's health or animals or whatever your passions are um, to work towards that will all improve your health.
0: I love all of them. Munish, do you have anything to add to that? (laughs) Yeah, I did more than three. Sorry.
1: (laughs) So she
2: was supposed to do three and I was supposed to do three, but I think she covered all six. (laughs) But but, but anyway, so, you know, the one other tip that I would you know like to mention to everyone is to, you know, no matter, you know, what uh, field you're in, whatever walk of life you're in, you don't need a medical degree or you don't need to have your own podcast. You know, if you live by example and just educate and, you know, with kindness and patience, just the person next to you, you know, who's waiting at the bus stop counter or train ride together or just someone at the checkout counter. You have a few minutes. You can be kind to them and just educate them and just let them know. And, you know, these little conversations eventually make a difference. So I know sometimes people may not be receptive. Your physician may not be receptive. But over time, more and more people have these conversations with their neighbors, their friends, their acquaintances. This is how we're going to move this, you know, movement uh, forward. You know, it's something that's wonderful for us. It's compassionate to us. It's compassionate to the earth. It's compassionate to the animals. So no conversation about this is wasted
0: absolutely i i i couldn't agree more well said i love it thank you both so much for coming on the show and so everyone make sure to go and follow go and check out m b e m double b like the buzzing b <laughs> m b dot Oh, MB, so there's dust on my page. It looked like a dot. <laughs> MBplantphysicians.org, is that correct?
2: Actually, let me just make sure. So it's you know it's spelled phonetically, E-M-B-E-E. Yeah, that's oh. what she said. Oh, okay, sorry. I heard a devil <laughs> and I am got confused. <laughs>
0: MBphysicians.org and PeacefulPlanetFoundation.org and... Is there a Peaceful PF? Is that?
2: That's another.
0: Uh, they can Both use- of them will take you to the same website. Okay, yeah, perfect, like- perfect, perfect. So you can learn heaps about where to find Munish and Bandana and also their blogs, recipes, videos, all of those great things over there. And if you're in Houston, Texas, you can seek them out and go to their health and wellness retreat in 2019 and get your kids along to the 5M program. Thank you, Corinne. Thank
2: you so much. Thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. It was wonderful to have you both on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Bandana and Dr. Munish Chola for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget to go check them out at Peaceful Planet Foundation and MB Plant Physicians at their blog. And I can't wait for their 5M program to hear all about it in 2019 and the work that they're doing. It's all very, very exciting, exciting times! So check out mbplantphysicians.org. That's E-M-B-E-E plantphysicians.org and Instagram is plant.physician to follow them and to you know, keep up with their work all the way through 2019, which is very, very exciting and beyond. So I'm very much looking forward to having them back on the show and hearing all about the 5M program. Mindfulness, mindful breathing, mindful movement, mindful stillness, mindful eating, mindful reflection. I think every single one of those five M's are so important for everyone in the world. And even for you know, for me just reading them now, thinking about mindful breathing, you know, even though I try, it's the first thing to drop out of my routine. I'm um, the movement's good, the stillness, stillness, reflection and breathing are something areas that I really need to focus on. I've got the eating and the movement down pretty much, but the breathing, stillness and reflection, I got work to do. So <laughs> let us know what, what areas out of those five M's that you feel you need to work on. In the comments for this episode over at the show notes, over at my website Karin Niger Podcast Episode 66. Or just comment on this on social media or when you when you're sharing it with your family and friends on social media. I think these are, these areas are things that we don't tend to think about enough. That you know, that is so important that we breathe mindfully, and that we take time for stillness in this busy, 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 go, go, go world. Reflection, stillness, and taking time to breathe are, like I said, the, some of the first things that we. We abandon in the busyness of the everyday, and so I love that Dr. Munish and Dr. Bandanara are, are doing this work with young people and people everywhere to to make them aware of this because stress. You know, we all know that many, many of the young you know, young people are dealing with anxiety, stress. You know, social media anxiety, social anxiety work, career, just general life anxieties and these areas, all all five of these five M's can really help people to to manage life in 2018, 19, 20 and beyond better, easier, with grace and purpose and calm and and great, wonderful health which is the, the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of their work and the work of the Peaceful Planet Foundation and MB Plant Physicians. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, supporting this podcast, all the things that you do. I'll see you next week. <phone rings>